Hey guys, it is August. This is season two, episode one. Wow, we're already at season two. That's insane. Um, man, God's good. Um, we are are here, and uh, we're actually in a new spot, and so I'm excited to see, um, you know, what God is going to do, and, and excited for the conversation today. Uh, Harrison, tell us, uh, everybody, about uh, our guest today. Yeah, it's a, it's a blessing. Uh, a last episode uh, we, we recorded, uh, we're talking about new space and, and hopefully praying that uh, we'll have our, our room just for ourselves one of these days. Uh, <laughs> and we don't have to set up. We don't have to tear down. Uh, everything is just there. All we have to do is show up and, 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 and give you guys stories yeah. of what God has been doing, what God is doing. Yeah. Um, Javi is excited because he, he's on the other side. <laughs> uh, so Javi is here with us uh, today. He's just, uh, you might see a little bit of him. Uh, later on or hear a little bit of him. I think we, we, we value our guests so much that we want to make sure that everything's good on this side. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so a, a mentor of mine, a friend of mine, uh, a professor uh, of uh, many years, and uh, just uh, uh, I, I tell, tell him all the time, uh, it's like a, right when I want to give up, you know, I think of him. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Mark Echo, um, he uh, uh, has uh, been an amazing uh, uh, and very instrumental in my life. And uh, uh, that's why we, we have him here. We want you to hear his story of what God has been doing. Uh, just, uh, Dr. Echo, feel free to... Uh, uh, what's different from our podcast is we don't edit or if we messed up or so oh, did I say that can you cut that no <laughs> we're not cutting anything <laughs> so uh, uh, we want people to think that uh, we are at a coffee shop and you're just giving us advice or you're sharing your story of what God has done in your life and we're sharing our stories and that's kind of like what this podcast started. Uh, it's like, hey, what we do at a coffee shop with Javi and Andy and what we do, can we just bring it out live? And uh, uh, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly yeah. of uh, church. Real live conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? So tell us who you are um, and um, uh, family, and then we'll, we'll let God uh, lead you and, and lead us through the conversation. <laughs> Wow. Uh, great to be here. Thanks ever so much for the invitation. Always grateful to be with you. And uh, it's really nice to have the opportunity just to chat. So yeah, yeah coffee shop mentality will certainly deal with that. Uh, so where should we begin with all of this? I suppose uh, it's always good to start with grandchildren. Yes. So, you know, I have four of those, uh, 11, seven, and the twins are five. So uh, if you can imagine my daughter, Chelsea, who uh, is mom to those four, and uh, the kind of energy that she needs every single day to do her thing, you know, I, yes. I salute every single mother out there, man. That's Very just good. that's just phenomenal. She is married to a great preacher. Uh, Sam is uh, uh, one of these uh, church planter folks in Defiance, Ohio, and uh, their church has uh, been growing wonderfully. Uh, their church is known for two great things: uh, biblical teaching and caring. 
So those kinds of things come through very clearly in, in their ministry. Um, of course, at home, uh, Robin and I, Robin and I have been married for 44 years. Wow, uh, that's a blessing. So blessed. yeah, August uh, in uh, 1979. So for yeah. 44 years, I guess this is our 44 Magnum year, right? That's wow. that's the way that goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for 44 years, uh, we've been uh, husband and wife and worked together uh, really well. She's a second grade teacher, and I'm a high school through PhD prof. So, uh, you know, it's you get the best of all worlds with us. It's really kind of fun to uh, have a conversation uh, with the two of us only because we come at things from two totally different uh, points of view. But we get along famously and we're we're really good friends and we're really grateful for that. Uh, She and I together probably have 65 years in education. So all together, uh, that's an awful lot of years. But that's what our lives have been given to. I think about that in relationship to this verse that haunts me in the Bible. And I've been talking about this verse forever. Uh, it's Acts 13, 36. Paul is preaching, and he's talking about David. And he says, when David had served his generation, God's purposes in his generation, he died. Oh. Wow. So I stop to think about that all the time because I'm constantly thinking about, okay, obviously life is short. My favorite book in the Bible is Ecclesiastes, and we understand the brevity of life, all of those (laughs) kinds of things. But at the same time, recognize that you have responsibilities while you're here. So, you know, you give your best effort. You have bare responsibility for everything you've been given to do and uh, God's purposes in this generation. So, yeah, you you give it your all uh, for as long as you can and as long as God gives you breath. So that kind of gives you just a general sense. I don't think we need to talk about degrees or any of those other kinds of things, but I think the educational emphasis is always where I'm at. Um, I'm a professor at IUPUI. I teach in the English department, and uh, one of the great things that uh, goes on uh, there is uh, something called the Cominius Institute. The Cominius Institute, you can find us on YouTube or uh, Facebook, lots of the social media channels. Follow me on on, uh, Facebook or social media in any place that you would like. But my point in emphasizing that is that uh, I am a, a Christian who is on the campus at IUPUI uh, within the f- field of humanities, the School of Liberal Arts. Mm-hmm. And I have an opportunity to meet with students regularly because they're in my classes. So my job there is not, by the way, to proselytize. I'm not preaching the gospel in my classes. I have a responsibility to teach a certain subject area. But nonetheless, students, I mean, they're pretty savvy, you know. They go Google you and find out who you are and what you think and all what that kind of about. stuff. And so, you know, folks, folks know who you are and, and why you're there and, and why that all makes a difference. So that's uh, principally where I'm at. I go speak, and I do an awful lot of writing. Man, I do a lot of writing. There's a new book coming out next year called Originalism and uh, Theology and Law. I've contributed a couple chapters to that. Um, but there's Truth in Two every week at the YouTube channel, Cominius YouTube, so you can check those kinds of things out. All kinds of things I could talk about, but uh, I think we're here for something else. Yeah, and uh, uh, that, uh, I remember I went two times at, at your uh, your classes there, and your uniqueness, a ministry at IUPUI, uh, it, uh, sometimes we think that because we're preachers, because we're, you know, we're Bible college students and professors we ought to be at a bible college or at a church 
and uh, we missed the opportunity to bring the gospel of presence when we are not in those places. Mm. And, and I was blessed by going to two of your classes and just share a little bit of my story and how open the students were. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have the pictures, I have the memories, and, and I'm looking forward to going back uh, because that's the real mission field. Uh, in a sense, uh, I love Bible college. I, you know, I love the church, uh, but we cannot just go and learn and stay there. We got to go to the places where other people are. I, I was just listening to uh, a podcast, uh, YouTube, uh, a, from a, a worship leader, a maybe 20 years of, of leading worship. Uh, his name is Jesus Adrian Romero. And uh, he, he's having a, a table conversation and saying, you know, are we missing our calling? Because we think, oh, I cannot be an engineer. I cannot be a, a, a doctor. I cannot. I, I just got to be behind the pulpit. And it's like, no, our calling, our calling is, you know, intertwined with our gifts. So let, let me just add to that, because it's important to say, actually, in September, so a month from now, when uh, our church begins its adult training services, Sunday school, they call it, uh, I'm actually going to be teaching a whole series called Vocation is Ministry. So yes. whatever you do is your ministry. That's what God has given you to do, gifted you, called you, however you want to talk about that. Yeah. But absolutely. Yeah, and even in this place, I, I want to give shouts out also to P30 and uh, uh, the o owner of uh, uh, Renewing Communities and uh, P30 here in Post and 30. This is where they are allowing us to come and record. And, and we are blessed because uh, uh, they're not charging us. They're, they're, they're partnering with Rebrand and uh, allowing us to be here. And But P30, that's what they do. They create jobs, uh, opportunities. And, and I'm going to give you guys a tour here. Uh, uh, shortly of, of all the ministries and businesses that are here that have an office in this place and it's a, 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 a an empty warehouse that was dead and they brought life to it and now there's job creations for ex-offenders and ex-addiction people and there is uh you know and that's the ministry yes it it, it doesn't have to be just all right, you go to Bible college and you be get behind a pulpit or behind a classroom. Right. But what you do every day. That's right. And it's, it's in that uh, true, like in, 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 in the First Testament. That's not, right. Yeah. First Testament. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was in, in school, in class with you. It's not Old Testament. It's the First Testament. <laughs> uh, and this is what I, Dr. Echo taught me. And, and I always teach it this way. It's not Old Testament, guys. It's the First, <laughs> it's Testament, the first Testament. You know. Uh, because 97% of the Second Testament is First wow. Testament, wow. and only 3% and only 3% is new. Wow. Uh, so so I, got, I got those numbers. If I, if I forget everything See, that you taught me. You don't always get me. to hear the other side, do you? <laughs> so, so I, you saw, I saw him reading his notes right before we started. <laughs> he was still, I he went was back good. to the classes that you taught me. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, but it's. People get confused, but but in, in when they were building the temple, you know, and when they 
God gifted people mm-hmm. in, yeah. in all kinds of traits, mm-hmm. in all kinds of things. Yes. And everyone had their role. They were warriors, they yeah. were priests, and they were tent makers. Mm-hmm. And so it's, and then we miss that. Right. You know, the very first people that were uh, actually filled with the Spirit of God were artists. So you read Exodus 29 to 35, yeah. Bezalel, who was the building all the accoutrements of the temple, the, you know, the furniture uh, for the tabernacle. Um, he was literally gifted by being filled with the Spirit of God. So when we talk about being mm-hmm. filled with the Spirit, yeah, oh, wow. yeah right there. There Absolutely. it is. That's the very first time. I think yeah. we've, we've became so religious that we only <coughs> think of being filled with the Spirit inside a church building. That's right. Yeah. Uh, my son's name is Luca. And it means Luke, big, uh, giver of light. No. And I always tell him the darker the night, the brighter he'll shine. There it because is. Because light is most effective in darkness. That's right. That, that's yeah. where we're meant to be. Yeah. Um, so I, we talk about it. You know, in our realm, we've grown up as worshipers, music, right? So we always have had this terrible idea of worship being instruments, voices, right? But it's huge. as we've yeah. grown, yeah. Uh, as I've grown, as we've grown, how I love my wife is part of my worship to God, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, everyday life is a worship to God. Being here, setting this up is, is right. part of my worship to God, yeah. doing everything as if it was unto him, right? So it, it's it's definitely, and I think even when we know it, sometimes we we, we set this, uh, oh, this is my you know church job and this is my regular life job, and, and we separate those two, but they're all one. Um, so it's... Uh, I'm thank you for that that yeah. reminder. Um, yeah. And just knowing how being filled, he was expressing what God had put in him yeah. in furniture. In furniture. You know, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, wow. and I'm, I'm, you know, one of the really, truly blessings that we have by having you uh, is uh, uh, all of the resources that you have given many of us. Uh, because God has gifted you uh, with that gift of studying and and preparation, and uh, I'm um, uh, I was talking to uh, Ben Glenn. We interviewed uh, uh, last time, and uh, uh, he has uh, ADHD, and I said I have ADHDABZ. <laughs> 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 I have all of the above, brother. I said because uh, you know. Sometimes I, I, I want to do too many things. Mm-hmm. And, and um, he says, well, you must go check yourself. You probably have that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, your focus and your passion to the word and everything you do yeah. is, is what, you know, every, uh, every video, that y- the two-minute uh, videos that you make, it's like who doesn't have two minutes? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Uh, what you can learn in those. So if you have a chance and, and go follow Dr. Mark Echo and, and YouTube and Cornel- Cornelius in, uh, Institute uh, and be a part of it. Uh, be, be, a, uh, be a blessing. Be a partner with them. Uh, uh, be a donor. Uh, what he does at, at IUPUI, uh, what he does um, uh, with, with, with the people that are struggling with identity in those areas is important mm. and what he does for us the, the the community that are preaching on the weekends and and we do have a pulpit um it's, it just grows us it gives us this this uh 
a material to to keep on learning and uh, uh just uh you know things like going back to to david on on the book of acts uh it's it's important because uh, I have been preaching on David, and uh, now that gives me uh, a little bit more to add to it, yep. uh, especially David's family, mm. as as David, uh, as you said, hey, when he has done everything for the Lord, you know, then he's he's gone, and and uh, so I. I I told the Lord, I still got a few more things if you want to keep me here. <laughs> but if not, that's okay. <laughs> Just tell me when it's time. Yeah. Isn't so that every day, though? I mean, every day is a gift. You know, we, we wake up. The Lord allows us to wake up. He wakes us up. And you have to look at it that way, that, like, every day is a day that God allows you to be here and obviously has something for you to do. And that's a word for believers, I think, too, is that we should be busy uh, with kingdom work just wherever we are, you know. Um, you know, y y you experience that uh, just, you know, where, where you're teaching at IEPUI. And by the way, thank you for, for being an educator to you and to your wife as well because we need good educators in this world. But also being a, an educator who believes in the, yeah. the authenticity yeah. of the Bible and the yeah. truth of God's word. And not being afraid to share it in the, um, what Jana Parshall would coin the phrase, uh, the marketplace of ideas. <laughs> um, so with that, so I have a question. Um, it's, been, it's been put out there recently that, uh, what do they call it, Gen Z is this generation that has this new hunger, you know, for Christ and with all of the social media that's out there and everything that we see, uh, we're inundated. And so we, we see more information than what we used to see. Um, what would be your experience working in um, a, you know, you would say a secular school uh, that uh, uh, you, have, you have people, you know, kids, students from all walks of life. Would that be... What would be your assessment of that uh, of that comment uh, of the generation? Do you see that at all, or do you feel like, and eh, maybe not so much? Um. Depends on the the semester, but uh, I may or may not have Christians in my classes. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of hard for me to judge necessarily to that particular question about whether or not somebody has hunger for Christ. Um, there are those students who come up to me and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I know you are, too. Uh, can we have these conversations? And I say, sure, you know, absolutely. And yeah. so for th those individuals, yeah, I, I certainly do see that. I, I see, see generally, though, in, in the whole mix of the university setting, uh, people who are uh, generally troubled, mm -hmm. um, generally lost, and um, generally confused about a lot of things. And some of it has to do with COVID, perhaps. You know, we can see the, the fallout from that. Everybody's been talking about that. That's nothing new. Uh, but what I do see is more and more uh, psychological issues with my students uh, who really have very deep uh, difficulties. So just to give you an example of this, I had a student um, in a class who had, uh, who obviously had uh, a differences in personality so uh, the personality disorder issues yeah. 
And I literally saw the symptoms on her face. Mm. Every class period, I literally saw her face change. So those kinds of things I see on a regular basis. I could talk about uh, issues of sexual identity. I had a, a semester where I had, and I only know this because they wrote about it constantly in the class. I had one trans student, uh, two gay men, and three lesbians. And I, again, say that because they talked about it and wrote about it all the time. That's how I know. In the same class? In the same class. So one quarter of my class identified in this way. But the kicker to all of this was at the end of the semester, the trans student came to me and they said, uh, I think I speak for all of us, and they, by that they meant this, these six individuals. Yeah. Uh, I speak for all of us when I say we have never been cared for mm. more right. by a faculty member than we have by you. That's wow. Right. I wow. don't tell you that for any kind of pride issue. I just tell you that because your job in the universe <laughs> as, as a, a citizen of humanity, mm. as a Christian, is to care for people. Amen. And that is when they begin to ask the question, okay, now I see that you care for me. Now I, maybe I want to know why you care for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is going to lead to new and, and broader conversations. I know that's kind of a rambling response no, to your yeah. question. but yeah. Dr. Dr. No, that's did, a great sorry. point. Go ahead. Good. Did they know you were a believer? I don't know. Okay. That okay. never came Just, up. Okay, okay. Um, it, and it's, again, one of those things where students are pretty savvy. You know, they, they check you Absolutely. out. So, you know, whether or not they knew and said or didn't say, um, what mattered to me more was that they saw that I cared about them. Well, going going back to that real quick, uh, my my uh, uh, the uh, homosexual uh, uh, that cuts cuts my hair uh, for many years. Uh, One time he found out I was a pastor (laughs) and he's cutting my hair. He's saying, uh, uh, well, why haven't you cursed me out like every pastor that knows me? Oh, my word. Wow. Wow. He says, every pastor that I uh, he, he found out, uh, uh, he's cutting my hair. It's like, you know, uh, your wife said you guys are pastors? And I'm like, yeah, we, uh, we are. It's like, he's, uh, uh, he's just, why haven't you cussed me out? You know, send me to hell. Mm. And I said, Hey, I didn't die for you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have that right. No. You know, uh, I said, uh, I'm just here to to love on you and share with you. If you want to learn what the Bible says, we'll learn together. But, you know, it's just planting that seed and letting the Holy Spirit, and that's one of the things that we talk here that, you know, we can't change people. Right. The Holy Spirit's yeah. job is to change people. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Billy Graham said this best. His comment was, it's <coughs> Jesus' job to judge. It's the Spirit's job to convict. It's my job to love. And that's it. Mm. Bottom line, end of story. Wow. So ultimately, if somebody asks me a straight-up question, you know, Janet Partial, Marketplace of Ideas. <laughs> yeah. The tagline for Cominius, by the way, is that ideas change people and people change a culture. Mm. So the ideas are important to me, and I communicate those ideas very clearly in classes uh, in such a way that I basically am teaching transcendent truth without chapter and verse. But I'm emphasizing this because I say it's those ideas that will make a difference in students' lives. So just to give you an example, uh, 
I have a Thomas Sowell t-shirt. Now, if, if you guys know who Thomas Sowell is, I salute you. Unfortunately, so many people don't know. He's 92 years old, uh, probably uh, the greatest uh, public intellectual alive today in America. He's black. He's written over 30 books. He's written for 40 years over multiple media. And his YouTube videos are a smash. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people listen to this guy. But my students don't know who he is. And they're not going to hear about him any other place on the public university campus where I teach. Wow. So I wear my Thomas Sowell t-shirt <laughs> one day as I explain to them, look, here are biases that people have. And here's one. Uh, you're never going to hear this guy's name any other place but this class. But I'm going to tell you who he is and why he's so important to me. So here's this black intellectual who I've been listening to and reading for 30 years, and he has changed how I think about economics. He's changed how I think about uh, just the cultural generation, about racism, about uh, issues of, of elite status, of bias in the media, all kinds of different things. But nobody knows about him wow. because his viewpoint is so totally different than the cultural narrative. Wow. So our responsibility is to have that influence in the culture of ideas, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. That's yes. awesome. Sorry about that. I, think I was going to yeah. ask just because, as you were mentioning, you know, a whole semester, you create relationships with uh, these students. And, and I think that's something that to us is very important as we share truth. Relationship, I think, is key. But in a question, how, how do you see relationship being key in sharing the gospel? Um, you know, it's within believers, you know, it's easy, right? But to people that will find truth offensive um and how is relationship key in that i had a one young woman this last semester um she waited until everybody else was gone and um i always leave the door open for obvious reasons but she she said i, I have this question i've got to ask you and you seem like the kind of professor that i should i should ask this okay. question to <laughs> she said uh, i've been wondering what is the purpose of life mm. wow just straightforward, honest, authentic, serious, caring, just open book. So I smiled at her and I said, you know, you've asked the most important question. And I said, I want you to know that I'm going to give you an answer that is uh, directly from a Christian point of view. And if that's acceptable to you, if you want to hear this perspective, then I'll be happy to share that with you. But I want you to know that I'm a believer in Jesus as Lord. And so that's going to impact how I answer your question and she said oh that's okay <laughs> <laughs> students are very open yeah. honestly yeah. if you are show a, a care for them and an openness and a transparency then they're going to be open yeah. uh, they have no problem in this here's something else about this culture you were asking about generations mm -hmm. they have no problem talking about everything I mean, I would blow you guys out of your seats right now if I could tell you some of the things that I have to read in papers for sure. my students. Oh, I'm sure. wow. I mean, we would have to cut out portions of this <laughs> video and audio. I'm, I'm not kidding you because they're so honest and they're serious about what they believe and about uh, the things that they care about. Anyway, um, but anyway, to, your, to answer your question, the issue of being a believer and sharing the gospel if I have that opportunity, somebody asks me a question, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to say to them. Yeah. Well, and I would, you know, I think that you kind of touched on it already. It, it's all about, of course, relationship, but that's what allows the bridge to be formed. Exactly. Into 
conversation yes. of the gospel or Christ or whatever it is. Um, I can't remember the professor's name that I had. Um, this was at Crossroads years ago. And uh, he was huge on that. It was He was like, he, w- he always used the example of, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, golf, golf course gospel, right? Just on the golf, just imagine you're on a golf course, you're with your buddies, you're shooting, you know, for the green, and you're just talking, you know, and it's easy conversation that's relational, but you're open, and somewhere in that conversation, God will give a bridge, it could be a key word, it could be a subject, it could be a topic, into spiritual conversation, and and. I, I never thought of it that way until he really kind of pushed that, you know, in, into us at, at, from the student perspective. Um, and so I always think about that in times of, of witness or in just basic conversation where you're looking, you're, you're looking, you're on, you're, you know, you're just open to, okay, where, all right, where, where's the opening at? You know, where, where's it going to be? So, yeah, I think that's, that's huge, and, and that's interesting, actually, to hear how open this generation is because, again, the whole marketplace of ideas, you know, it's uh, the cultural narrative is, well, they're just whack jobs, <laughs> you know, uh, these days, but they're people, you know. And that's what I would, I, to anybody listening to this, anybody watching this, this is what I heartily say to everybody. Please treat people as people. Yes. Um, somebody one of my students came up to me and they said do you care if I am fill in the blank and they they told me what it was and I won't repeat what they said but I said I I said uh, I just have one question for you and they kind of looked at me like that was not the response they expected (laughs) and I I said are you a human being and they just kind of looked at me and I slowly shook their head up and down I said that's all I need to know you know you a human person so Here's what I want to say to all believers out there. When you uh, ca- characterize people with synonyms and adjectives that suggest something negative about them. I had a student who was a Christian in a semester with me who kept, in one of his papers, kept calling, calling people leftists. And so I called him up and I said, hey, man, if you want to communicate with people, you don't turn them off by the language that you're using. Don't call them names. You know, name calling's not cool. It hasn't been cool since we were kids in the sandbox. It's no longer cool here either. So, you know, just be wary of not just just don't call people names. Quit being negative about people. Go talk with people as people. Sidle up to people at a coffee shop or your neighborhood or whatever. Uh, and again, I come back to the, what our podcast was for years, uh, t- Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. If you do good and show beauty, then maybe somebody won't want to hear truth. Mm. But you don't speak truth until you do good and show beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, nobody's going to want to listen to you. It's hypocritical. Mm. It's, yeah. it's, it's a religious uh, people of Jesus' day, right? Yeah, and, and that's kind of like why, why one of the reasons why we started uh, Rebrand uh, Ministries. Uh, uh, Rebrand Inc. started because we want to help uh, those young people build relationships with us and eventually, hopefully, w- real relationships with God and eventually, hopefully, build relationships with the church. Yeah. You know, but we can't change them. We can't. We, we just got to be walk with them. 
be their friends. Uh, so when they need, so we're not a ministry that it's open eight to five and, and it's, you know, it's, we're like the 911 on call type of ministry that we build relationships once a month. We get face to face. We started the podcast. People know who we are and then they can call us. And we can go have coffee. We can go, and, and they're struggling with 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 uh, uh, depression, with anxiety, with loneliness, with suicidal thoughts, uh, with with their marriages. You know, and it's like let's just go have lunch. Let's go have coffee, and let's talk about it. And, and I, I think that's what we're missing: yeah. the relationship part. And we don't care about people. We just want to, hey, you need to change the way I see you. Yes. And that's like, no, no, no. We, you know, it, God will show you what he wants from you in his time when you're ready. Because he's a gentleman. We want to force people to change our way. What I think is the right way. Yeah. You know, not, not what how God sees us all as this beautiful creation and he's working us you know he's like a father correcting us and molding us and teaching us but he won't force us into relationship christianity is not moralism uh, it's not following uh the 10 rules of whatever i mean that's what got the pharisees in trouble so the problem isn't that you're following all these rules the problem is that you need your nature changed and the only way that that can change is by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and your uh, subservience to that uh, Lord. And so that's the real issue, uh, not whether or not you think you're doing what I think you should do. Yeah. Well, and to that point, you know, I, I believe that the, we actually have two, two identity crises happening. We have the obvious <laughs> uh, things, but in the realm of believers even, um, heard Dr. Tony Evans say, uh, you know, God doesn't ride on the back of, of elephants and donkeys. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> uh, we are identifying more as believers with, you know, like you said, people are saying leftists and, you know, and, and conservative and all of that thing, all, all of those things, instead of our identity being rooted in Christ and only Christ. And not saying, you know, well, if you're a Christian, you have to be this, this, and this politically or whatever. Just Jesus, man. You know, that's your identity. Uh, it's a major crisis. Uh, the thing that Dr. Evans was talking about was, uh, was he was even hitting on race. He was like, you know, even in the church, the white church, the, you know, the, the traditional black church, he's like, you, you're so much into your whiteness or so much into your blackness that you forget about your identity in Christ, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, for me, that's something that, I mean, I'm from Costa Rica. I'm blessed to have been born in that country. But a as I've grown, I, I think that's something God's been working in my heart mm. of, uh, yes, I'm thankful for where he placed me in my family in Costa Rica. But that cannot become an idol in my life where, you know, it's more important. Oh, I'm Hispanic. I'm brown. And, yeah. you know, we're going to get together it's us you know um and, and i think the first time it happened we were I, I think we played at a at an outdoor concert during a, a parade and it was mostly hispanic churches and i got interviewed and i think i remember saying something about you know we want to just uh show people that uh we as hispanics are here to share the gospel 
and that's what the words that came out. But then later, I, I think this is where God started working to me. It had nothing to do with me being Hispanic. You know, being Hispanic is, has, yes, God created us, but it was because I'm a believer of Christ. I'm a follower of Christ that we as followers are here to share the gospel mm-hmm. and to help. Um, and I think that's something that sometimes now rubs me the wrong way. And, and I'm trying to be cautious now to not respond negatively mm-hmm. to those and, and be understanding that I was once, I think, way too prideful of my roots. Um, and that got in the way of just who I am in Christ. Um, so I, I think that's that's something something real. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we, we, we make that an idol. And, and, and now that you're mentioning that, you know, you see God taking Abraham out of his hey. comfort zone, <laughs> out of his people. <laughs> yeah. says, you got to get out of this people, and I'm going to take you to a new place, new land. And that's a struggle, you know, with all Latinos. Uh, I have Latinos that they, for years they have the – see, there are Latinos that they cannot legalize because of, you know, courts and different process, and, and they just don't have the opportunity. And there's Latinos that can legalize, and they just choose to be just a resident because they don't want to lose their citizenship from wherever they go. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's Latinos that are here uh, to uh, to make this home and uh, uh, bless this land and build their houses, like Jeremiah 29, and, and, and just, you know, just make this a beautiful place and there there's latinos that say hey i just i'm just taking from this land you know and i'm just here passing through i'm making money to send to my country so i can build a castle over there so there is those mindsets uh, that the reason why i chose not to 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 start a spanish church only uh is because of that because because we are in a place where God has blessed us and we were blessed to be, you know, I'm from Guatemala. I'm blessed to, to be there, uh, be born there. But the land where I'm going is not here. <laughs> 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 it's a heavenly place where all we all going to fit. And uh, sometimes we get so territorial that, that we, we separate ourselves. Like like Tony Evans was saying, like you, we have this mindset of saying, you know, we're just serving this community, and and I'm like, I, I was asked this question by by our pastor uh, Josh uh, Huseman uh, from Mercy Road in Carmel. He says, Herson, do you want me to plant you, and you want to plant a Spanish church?" And I said, "Why would I do that for? <laughs> we're good here because we're multicultural. We're rubbing with you, you know, just like a family." We don't like everything from the family members. <laughs> we, we, some of us stink. <laughs> you know, some of us don't take a shower every day. Some some wait for a week. You know, some some have different tastes of food and 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 things like that. Yeah. But we're still family. Yeah. We're still loving one another. So that's what I think we should create as human beings mm-hmm. when when we're loving others. It's like, hey, I might not like the food you eat. I might not you know, like the smell of the garlic and the onions and the jalapenos and they, you know, all that stuff. But, but, but I love you as, as a person, mm-hmm. as a brother, you know, God, if God can give his son for you, who am I 
to to not love you and, and judge you. So so thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Arto, can I ask you a question? Um Genesis creation, God creates Adam. He sees that it's not good for man to be alone, creates Eve. And I I this comes from a heart of wanting to understand the God the word and knowing God more. But if God is enough for us, why did Adam need Eve? Hmm. Right. So to me, community is very important, and I'm I'm growing in it. So I'm, I just I just that that's been a question. Then as I've gone back to the Word and been in it, was God not enough for Adam? Why did he need Eve? Well, let me take that back another step. Yes, sir. Let's go back to eternity. Okay. Let's teach a theological term. Okay. The term is aseity. A s e i t y. Aseity means that God is independent and self-sufficient he does not need us so i wanted to i'm going to take your question back to eternity and ask why did adam even get created right you know what was the purpose of this was god lonely yeah you know and of course that's not the case Um, god's purposes and his desire for vice regents which is the theological term for uh, humans as adam and eve were to be god's representatives on earth Uh, That was our responsibility, Genesis 1 and 2. So if we're just looking at Genesis 1 and 2, before Genesis 3, just Genesis 1 and 2, we are looking at God's original plan. So God's plan was we are going to have a community, you use the word, the community which is going to be born from these two people. And these two people are going to create this community, literally the human race, and because of that, now we are going to have this earth be populated by people who are going to take my intentions for the kingdom from heaven to earth. Mm. Now, there's an awful lot of stuff that I just said there that yes. needs to be yeah. expanded on. Probably don't have time for all of that. But I wanted to emphasize that to say that before Genesis 3, God's original intention was that there would be people who would do his kingdom work on earth. Why God wanted to have a kingdom on earth, why God wanted to create an earth altogether, that was his purpose. But what we do know is that uh, this was God's original intention, and it was indeed for the issue of community and and for concern for that. Um, Was God not enough? That's probably the question that goes back to eternity and asks, why did God do this in the first place? I've kind of rambled a little bit on that. Does, is that in any way helpful? Do you have a follow-up question? No, I, I, I think one thing that, that's helpful. Um, I, I, uh, Jesus was never, was never plan B. He was always plan right. A, right? Yeah. So he knew. So part of me understand or, or, or has felt that, you know, in his sovereignty, he knew what was going to happen with Adam and Eve. Um, so I think because of sin, now we, we need one another um, in heaven, God will be enough for us, right? We'll, we'll have him in his totality on earth because of our flesh. I think that, to me, that, that's been one thought. Is that why we need each other? Because of sin um, in, in our flesh and in, in our physical, we, we get so tied up with, with the, the, the worldly. Um, but it's just been that thought, you know, um, is God why you know is sure. God not enough 
Well, let me take you back to a couple of passages that kind of establish what you're, you've just suggested. Revelation 13.8 and Revelation 17.8 say that God's, the book of God's uh, eternal life was established before the world was. And it also says that Jesus died on the cross before the world was. So you're right about the whole plan. And this goes back to Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, where you have this God who has purposed this very plan, predestined, chosen, elect, all those words that people don't like because they think I don't get a choice. But indeed, this was God's purpose ultimately, and that's the thing that we need to be subservient to. You're absolutely right. All this stuff was planned out. Absolutely. So would you, would you be in agreement that in our walk with Christ, community is a key component? Is a key component? Yes. Oh, my word, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Think about this. Here's a, another passage from Titus. Titus 1.9 says that uh, we are to encourage each other with sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Mm-hmm. So just take the first part of that, though. Encourage each other. The words each other indicate community. So we're responsible, like we are, the four of us right now, we're responsible to be encouraging each other with sound doctrine, yes. which means go back to Scripture, what does Scripture teach, how does that then apply to the life in which we live now, and so on. So I think all of those things are really crucial. But community, all the one another's of the Second Testament, mm-hmm. New Testament, that, <laughs> that, that's really huge. You know, All of those encourage one another, be kind to one another, all of those kinds of things. It's all about community.